Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome back listeners. This is our next episode and as the last one Joe and I are recording it on the same day as last week's it's June the 16th day and I'm in the UK getting ready for the PA show that was supposed to be happening next week but it isn't so by the time this goes out to you you'll be sick to death of having to rebook everything for the PA show which is now going to be on the 1st and 2nd of September and I'm going to be there I don't know about you, Joe, but I'm definitely going to be there. Will you be joining me? Yes, absolutely. Joining you and um, the delightful Annabelle, because potentially you're both next door to each other again. And yeah. um, I shall flip between the two stands. Yeah, I've, I've seen the floor plan and we are next to each other. Uh, and I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm also very much looking forward to chatting with today's guest. Today's guest is Sarah Broadbent. And she started out, apart from being a military life, military wife, uh, as a generalist VA, as far as I understand it. And she's gradually morphed into a clutter person or a declutter person. Mm. And her new business is called The Tidy Company. And I'm very intrigued to hear how she went from organizing people's diaries, which is organizing of a sort, and organizing their business to organizing people's homes and offices so I'm going to I'm really really looking forward to that I know that whenever I decide I'm going to declutter something or tidy something up you decide okay I'm going to do this drawer and then you end up with this pile of stuff that can't go back in that drawer so it's okay well I'll do the next drawer to find space for this stuff and then you end up as soon as you tidy something up you displace something else does that does that feel familiar yeah and, and one thing I find is I make a start and I get it into piles, bin, obviously that's very simple, it just goes straight in the bin. Then there's the pile that needs to go in the box to the charity shop. So that's fine, the box gets filled up, I chuck it in the back of the car, I drive around for three weeks until I'm <laughs> passing the, um, the charity shop. And then there's the pile of stuff that get, is to file or to put away. And that pile just sits there in a to-do tray in, you know, because you can bet your bottom dollar that you've underestimated just how much time it's going to take you to do that drawer or that cupboard. And I never quite get that finished. So <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure Sarah's interested to have tips on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Sarah's going to have some great tips for us for that. But it's really interesting. You know, we moved to Israel um, October 2019. So, this, so it's a couple of years ago, almost two years, which is quite incredible in itself. But before that, my husband's an accountant and he sold his practice to another firm of accountants. And he was clearing out his office. And a friend of ours went round, um, the lovely Maria, who used to be um, help us in the house. And she's just fantastic. The most the best tidier upper you could ever want and she went to help David sort his office out and she went to his desk and he tells this story and she opened this bottom drawer in his desk uh, and and she said uh, what do you want to do with this and he said well I don't know so then she said okay so when was the last time you opened this drawer and he looked at the piece of paper that was on the top and it was from 2012 and we were in 2017 so the piece of paper on the bottom must have been even older so she said right that's it she took the whole lot into a bin bag and and that's kind of what you need to do isn't it I mean you just yeah. got to say well if I haven't touched it since 2012 it needs to go yeah but um yeah I'm, I'm sure Sarah's going to have some some great ideas for us and then when afterwards we could we could talk a little bit about digital decluttering afterwards as well because I've got some yes. thoughts on that yeah so uh, I think we should go and queue up um, and welcome Sarah back welcome listeners and we are thrilled to have Sarah Broadbent with us today after many months of trying to fit this in together and, and reschedule due to lots of different reasons and uh, we were just having a chat about jabs and COVID jabs just before we we hit the record button um, because Sarah had her second one 
just the other day. Uh, Joe had hers a while ago. I had mine back in December being in Israel. We were, in fact, David and I, we're quite blown away. We were among the first 100,000 people to get the jab anywhere in the world. So that was wow. quite something. We were like, we were notified on the Thursday and we had it the following Tuesday. It was like lightning speed. And we had both of them. You booked the first one and the second one was booked three weeks to the minute from the first one it was all very organized um, but I understand Sarah you've you've had COVID as well so that's pretty pretty yuck yes it was a bit yuck it was uh it was not fun and it's to be honest it's um I mean we feel fortunate not to have had it but fortunate we didn't get hospitalized yeah. with it mm -hmm. um but it has made it certainly made me more wary of people being near, near me yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. And that's uh, when, they, when they decided to postpone the PA show, because I'm here in the UK for the PA show, which is now not till September. Right. Um, so why they, they decided to postpone it. And, and there's a part of me that thinks, oh, I've flown all this way. I've spent all this money. I've got a stand. I've got printouts. I've got all this stuff that I've done. But actually, it's the right decision to delay it because, yes. you know, people are nervous. People don't want to get on the train. The numbers, the registration numbers were down. And they said, you know, it just wasn't fair to exhibitors and speakers, never mind the general public. And they were going to be asking everybody to do a COVID test before they came in as well. So people were just going to say, oh, I can't be bothered with all that. No, um, and it's, it's a huge operation, that in itself, you know, the yeah. actual um, work involved to, to make it all that happen is, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's just been kind of airlifted to the 1st and 2nd of September. So I'll be back, but but that's mm -hmm. okay. So Sarah, what I really want to find out from you, and I'm sure our listeners will be, you know, really interested in, is, is, is how you morphed into the Tidy Company, because this is fascinating to me, that you started out, you, you were a Navy, um, not Navy, you were a military, in the military yes, first, weren't Navy. you? Yeah. Yes, I was in the Navy. I was a Lieutenant um, Supply Officer in the, well, so I say, yeah, Supply Officer, Logistics Officer. Gosh, I've gone back about 20 years then. We stopped <laughs> being Supply Officers a while ago. Where did that come from? We, um, so I was a Logistics Officer in the Navy for 17 years, yes. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I was in the Israeli Army. Um, in Israel, it's conscription, um, and everybody at the age of 18 has to do their military service. It's national service. Uh, girls do two years and boys do three years. So I did my two years, okay. aged 18 to 20. So I have got a kind of um, idea, but I never got to officer. I, I got as far as sergeant, but but no higher. So, uh, but that was fun. And for my husband jokes, he said, you know, like he has to get up at five o'clock in the morning and shine his shoes, you know, likes to make a joke. <laughs> so tough, so tough. But uh, yeah, so, so you started out, you know, in the military. And, and then once you left the military, you set up as, as a general VA. Am I right? Well, there was a bit of a gap, actually. And actually, there's more. Before I was in the military, I was a nursery nurse as well. So <laughs> I didn't join the Navy until I was 24. So I kind of sometimes don't, I don't, until I talk about it, which isn't that often, I don't always realise how very different all the things yeah. are that I've done. Um, and also how lucky I am to have been able to do them and have all those opportunities and still the ones that are happening now. So yes, I left the Navy. I left because we decided that one of us, because my husband's, he's actually still serving, he's in the Royal Marines. Um, one of us needed to leave because we had two children. Yeah. One was about to go to school. So it was that situation that lots of us find us in where um, we couldn't perhaps sustain one of, you know, both of us being in the Navy full time and cope with being parents. Yeah. So I chose to be the one that, that left and I took two years out and then I actually, I didn't know what I was going to do. I literally had no idea. I then fell into a job working in a school. Oh, wow. And I was the, um, I was, he called me the bursar, the head teacher called me the bursar, but I was effectively the finance officer. And I also helped him out with PA stuff. Um, I won't dwell on it too long um, because I know <laughs> we're going to get to the tidy stuff, but um I stayed two years I left because um I had a really negative experience unfortunately it was very positive at the start but the um the, the person at the top of the school <laughs> and I won't name his name um had a very toxic leadership style uh. um and having just come from the background that I was in in the navy 
um, and, and also having my own very very much my own way of leading and managing mm. that I'd wasn't yeah. always very military-fied but it was me and it was what I'd put into what I wanted to be um, that just didn't match or align with my values at all mm. so I chose to leave and it was the leaving from there and the journey that I took after that to try and figure out where I was going to go and where I was going to end up that led me to being a VA. Wow, that's amazing. It's fantastic. I, I think it's so fascinating, isn't it? All the stories that we have, you know, we all have a myriad of different careers. Some people have more than others, um, but all of them um, feed in to make you the person you are and give you the skills that you have. And, and you, you must have a very wide range of skills that you can bring to the party now, um, whichever party so that is. Yes, well, you're, I think you're absolutely right. And it's, we used to say that in the, the Navy, because you, 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 I'm sure you're aware in the military, um, it's slightly different in the Army and the RAF, but in the Navy, you get moved to a new job, um, which could be a new place, a new ship or a new establishment about every two years, sometimes every 18 months. And what that means is you are the new person again and you're almost starting from scratch. And that happens for everybody, no matter what rate or rank you are. And you're perhaps learning about something completely different that you've never um, been exposed to before, right from scratch again. But what you realise as time goes on, not at the beginning so much, but you realise as time goes on that actually you are you're bringing things that you've learned from previous roles. Mm -hmm. But just like you said, Shelley, you're bringing things from previous roles to your new role. And obviously as time then goes on, you, you kind of have more and more experience that you've gathered and accrued to bring to, um, to where you are. And yeah, yeah so I, I, I feel I've got, in a way, I feel I've got more to bring now to what I'm doing in a funny way. I think partly because Yes, the Navy definitely teaches you to be tidy and to be organised and to plan and think ahead. Um, but equally so, I'm a mum now and I've got mm. 13 and a bit years experience of being a mum and a parent. And that whole, you know, that that is very centred around home and the same actually as being a VA and setting up my business and working from home for the first time. Um, that's also had 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 a positive if you like I've had positive learnings from it yeah yeah mm -hmm. I, th I think that's I think that's very true I think that's what's interesting what you made me think about there's um two ladies in in the Jewish community they live in Jerusalem um or they used to I mean I read this book a long time ago so I don't know if you know how old they are now but uh, they were American ladies that had gone to live in Jerusalem and they were living in a very religious community where the women tended to work from home. They didn't go out to work, they would work from home. And they were running a seminar about running your business from home. And they were running the seminar and these women that were coming to the seminar were asking the, all sorts of questions. And they realized that these women didn't know how to run their home efficiently, never mind run a business from home. So they went away and learned everything they could possibly learn about home economics in the broader sense, and wrote a book about it and started giving people lessons. And I read this maybe 20 years, maybe it was from about 20 years ago. Um, and it had a huge impact on the way I ran my home. Just silly things like where do you put your cookery books? And they give a story of one lady, she put her cookery book, she had a lovely windowsill above her kitchen sink, and they, they were accessible, and she could see them, and she loved the cookery books, and she put them there. And of course, then it rained, and they got wet from the rain coming in through the window, yeah. and then they fell in the sink. And it was about thinking about where do you put things for maximum benefit and I rearranged my whole house based on this on this book and I think it's something we don't think about um, we just kind of do don't we yeah absolutely and you you know what you've just taken some words out of my mouth that I was going to share with you today oh, and that's one of, one of my biggest messages is about making your space so be that your workspace because I'm sat in my desk at my office right yeah. now or your home, so your kitchen particularly, work for you, yeah. not against you. And I, I've been in so many homes over the years, my parents included, probably, <laughs> where um, you can see that that they, that the a cupboard there doesn't have something in it to help you when you're doing something there at the sink, for instance. Yeah. Mm. And I've 
it's funny because I haven't done that through doing what I'm doing now. I've realised I did that when we we had a new kitchen about eight years ago, and I um, everything it, before the new kitchen even went in, I knew where the cupboards were going to be, and I decided what was going in those cupboards to help me with the functioning, if you like, and the, you know with how I worked in the kitchen. Yeah. And I've I've realised with working from home and again with doing what I'm doing now that it's it's really actually really key to um, there's clearly lots of things that are quite key as well but it's it's very simple things to be honest it really is but there are lots of things that sometimes a lot of us don't think about and we we um I think we move house or we move in and we unpack and dump you know quickly put things where we think they need to go. And then we get used to them being there. So we don't think about actually, do you know what? I'll give you a really simple example. When I'm at my sink, I need to use my sieve. Okay. So when we're, when we're stood at our sinks, that's where we use our sieve, isn't it? Usually yeah. to drain the peas or to drain the pasta. Why, why would you have your sieve on the other side of your kitchen? My sieve is in a cupboard so that when I yeah. go to the sink with a pan, I literally I can reach down and get it or I can do it beforehand. And it's there. I don't even need to move one step. And it's just my mum has hers on the other side of her kitchen. <laughs> uh, do you know something? You've just made me think about mine because I've got my cooker and I've got my colanders in the drawer next to the cooker and I pick up the pan with the sieve in the other hand and turn around and go to the sink. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, Joe, that because Joe trained as a chef many years ago. Yeah, I would imagine that your kitchen is very sorted functionally because I would imagine professional kitchens have to be yeah. because you've got lots of people in there all going yeah. for things. So yeah. I would imagine your kitchen is very sorted. I mean, we're staying at the moment. We're back in the UK. So um, we are actually staying in our own house. We oh, weren't able, well, yes and no. We weren't <laughs> able to sell the house. Um, I can talk freely because there's nobody here. My son's living in it. Um, so we weren't able to sell our house because there was subsidence. We had the authority from the insurance people to get the work done, but nobody wanted to buy it, even though they would get the whole house redecorated to their specification afterwards. And it wouldn't cost them a bean, the redecoration and all of that, because the company had to make good. Um, so in the end, our son's son and daughter-in-law said, well, well, we'll rent it from you. So they've rented out their flat. They were living in a small two-bedroom flat with a uh, one little girl, and then I have two children. Um, so we moved out and they moved into a four-bedroom house with a garden, which through a pandemic has just been amazing. So they were able to be in the house while the work was being done, get it redecorated to how they want it because they're living in it and it will be sold ultimately. Either they'll buy it or somebody else will. So we are back in our own house. The only rooms that are exactly the same are the kitchen, um, the bathroom upstairs and the downstairs toilet. Every other room has been redecorated and changed. But I'm going in the kitchen to the cupboard where I kept this and yes. it's not there. <laughs> yes. And I don't actually understand at all how my daughter-in-law has organized this kitchen. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. The things she's the cupboards she's used for the things she's used don't make any sense yeah. to me. So but they work for her, and that's the thing, yeah. because it, it, we're all very individual. Yeah. It, it, uh, our way of working I mean I have people come to my kitchen you know when they come and stay and I'll say oh just pass us the jug so they'll go to where they think it would be Absolutely. whereas I kind of put yeah. it somewhere different yeah. because it's not a jug that I use every day or it's not yeah uh, you yeah. know and the, the functional things are the functional things by the cooker so yeah. totally get that Sarah yeah, totally yeah. Get that. yeah. and it's that's why size it has to work for you because it's yeah. like you just said so well yeah it's very personal where you like to have things yeah and you know why should your home has got to be where you like to have things not where yeah told to have things and yeah I mean I have I have to say my daughter-in-law she's amazingly tidy I mean my house was never as tidy if she doesn't have anything <laughs> on the work dots the kitchen is 
clear. I mean, I've always had, you know, things like I have my mixer out and I'd have the toaster out. Yes. Uh, she doesn't like any of that. It's all put away. And I don't yeah. think she's as big a cook as I am. So it, that's also why things are, I, I understand why it's arranged the way it's arranged, but it still doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah. that's because it used to be my kitchen, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> but you're right, Sarah. It's, it's kind of that thing, isn't it? Once you put something in a cupboard, the first, as soon as it, you don't move it. So you have to think about it first, I think. Yes. And it's also, I mean, going on from what from what you've just said about, um, so you've just been talking about visual, what I call visual clutter. So yeah. when you have too many appliances, I say too many, but when you have lots of appliances, yeah. even things out on the worktop, and this applies everywhere in your home, it can apply to your desk or anywhere where there's a flat surface. The more you have out, the more visual clutter there is. Yeah. And the more, because I'm a really, I believe that the clutter is not just physical, it gets inside our head and yeah. it does clutter, does talk to you. So piles, those, the paper sort of piles or piles of things. Will... <laughs> Joe's, for those of you listening, Joe's hiding. Um, it's funny, we were talking about this just before you came on. <laughs> I can I can tell you that I've spent years with piles in my home particularly in the kitchen we've got quite a large kitchen area and that's lovely in lots of ways but it can have its own challenges yeah. and um, there was a particular area where there literally was maybe at least two piles of things and it was magazines it was stuff to do with the children's school time it yeah. was things to keep things not to keep it was all sorts of stuff to keep but also rubbish to mm. be honest yeah. and I just left there for way too long and every so often I'd sort it out but actually it didn't go down very much <laughs> yeah so when I started when I made the decision to start doing this earlier last year I um I attacked it again but I did it in a different way definitely with a with a different mindset mm. and what the result is and I did some before and after photos as well by the way and I actually posted them on Instagram I yes think. I think I saw I saw the some result, of those the result is that those piles were closed completely but here we are maybe nearly a year later and they're not they haven't not returned and not there. So how have you achieved that? Our listeners want to know. For that, I mean, we want to know. Want to know. <laughs> so it's just, do you know what? I think with so much in life, and this is something I feel, I feel those of us that are self-employed kind of, I feel sometimes we learn much more magic than lots of other people yeah. do that aren't self-employed. So we learn, we get exposed to so many lessons in things for free. And one of them, I think, is mindset. Yeah. Because I really do. The more time's gone on, the more I've believed. Oh, clearly, mindset is a big thing when you're in the military. Mindset is what's going to get you around a run where you're being beasted, a big squad run, when you think you're going to collapse and die and you think that you're not fit enough to do it. But actually, if you, it doesn't matter what physical state your body's in. It's your physical, it's your yeah. mental mindset that keeps going. Yeah. So the same, the same mindset, not the same mindset, but mindset definitely applies to everything in life yeah. I feel yeah and that's the same with tidying and decluttering mm. actually when you've got a, when you've almost adopted a mindset to do it and to go and to approach it in a certain way and to and it's again it's choice it comes down to choice as well doesn't it it's having that the mindset is the choice thing yeah um yeah. that's when the, I realised that whilst I've quite liked tidying and my home's been fairly tidy over the years, I have let clutter build up. When I have sorted it out, I haven't actually made it look a lot better or I have perhaps made it look just better for a short while. But now, now I have a different approach and a different mindset with it. The difference is um, is pretty huge. So what's, what's the difference in the mindset? Because what Shelley and I were discussing before we started this was you have a session where you empty the cupboard for example because you're going to clear it out and then in my world what happens is I have the pile that goes to the bin great that goes 
straight to the bin or the shredder or the recycling or whatever that looks like. There's the stuff that goes in a cardboard box to take to the charity shop. That goes straight to the boot of the car. Now, it may sit in the boot of the car for the next three weeks till I'm going past the charity shop, but it's it's moved. Yeah. Then there's this stuff that's left over that needs to be put away or sorted or or do I need it or whatever. And it's very often that pile that gets left behind yeah. because the kids turn up or something happens or the door and you never quite get back to it. So then it things go back on top and you end up where you are at the beginning. So how do you tackle that? What's the mindset that needs to take? So I think, I think a lot of it is because, again, motivation comes into it and also to a certain extent having the time to do it but um but hold that thought because I, yeah. I also I've got tips that help with that too that I share in my group quite a lot um if so if you're getting interrupted that's obviously that's something that is quite can be quite hard to deal with but you perhaps you perhaps could get them on board with helping you do it although equally so that could that could slow you down <laughs> um but maybe try and do it when you're not going to get interrupted is probably a key thing there I think but also um try and do it try and do it in a set amount of time so go at it with focus so set a time so I do this big thing and this is where the time things where I'm going to go to the time thing again I do this big thing about 15 minutes yeah because actually the thing that I think most of us have an issue with nowadays with every aspect of our lives is time And we'll put tidying and sorting things out, otherwise known as decluttering, on the bottom of our to-do list because we just don't feel we have enough time to do it. So the way to um, get over that is to do something in 15 minutes. Yeah. So set a timer on your phone. That will help you focus. Maybe put some music on because that will also distract you distress or distract that will help you focus on as in it will take away just dis- mm. other distractions and it will kind of make it more fun as well because sometimes decluttering can be a bit it can feel a bit mundane for some people mm. and not very fun to do and know that your aim is to reduce the amount of stuff that you have and you just think of two things when you're making the decision so you have to make the decision quickly when you're doing it do i use it do I love it? This is Marie Kondo. Just keep it really simple. It's very similar to Marie yeah. Kondo. None of this is rocket science. Yeah. None, it's really quite simple, but it's just, I think sometimes we, even but, ourselves, we can overcomplicate what yeah. we're doing and the overwhelm and the I don't have enough time then kind of blocks the, actually, it's not that hard to do that. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to take that much work. And the putting it back bit, you're absolutely right, Joe. I think the putting it back bit and deciding how it goes back can often be the hardest. Yeah. I've actually got a couple, couple of props that might help. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, these are amazing. This Ooh. type of thing in a cupboard or a drawer can really, really help. Because what, what I've found in my own home, and I've certainly found it with um, people in my Facebook group, is when you when you empty a cupboard or a drawer and you take everything out and you handle it once and you make the decision straight away which pile is it going into, as you rightly said, Joe, keep, get rid of, slash throw away or donate. Um, or it might belong somewhere else because we have things that sometimes migrate <laughs> where they're not supposed to be. Um, when you put it back, think about how you're putting it back. So make sure that you've got a really good tip is to make sure that you've got what you use most often at the front of that cupboard but also think about getting hold of some storage containers so contain it Mm. because when you contain things in a cupboard oh my goodness the difference is amazing I've done it with my tall food cupboard yeah I had all the bottles and packets and things um, spices and everything else just loose in the cupboard and it was doing my head in actually and things would fall over and you couldn't see what was in there now it's all in um, low they're quite low they're not very high so you can see what's in them um, boxes 
storage boxes yeah. not like this they're actually different to this um and the difference is amazing it's never untidy i can pull out all my spices at once oh i don't need to sort sort through them to find them i literally go there it is that's what i need and that, and yeah. then you can put it back in one go yeah i i've done that for years with my spices i always had a i have a lot of spices and um i've i've done that i i learned that from a friend of mine about oh, 25 years ago or so i was in her house and she opened this cupboard and she had all these little baskets in the cupboard mm. uh, and she said and and then when, when we were staying there and it, we were staying in their basement and on the unit that she'd given us to store our bits and pieces there were all these baskets to use and I realized how amazing it was so ever since then spices in particular um because you, you're wow. right you can spend half an hour just going like this take them all out yes. and you find the one that's at the back that you want so there you go joe baskets so yeah, honestly is, it's been this is it's revelationary Yes, I do have to say though I did giggle when you suggested getting help right because yes. in this house with two teenage boys you know it, it's like what jobs <laughs> yeah I think but, but I, I, that is such an amazing tip uh, I'm going to put that on my um, shopping list because you, you can get them delivered from Morrison's and, and stuff like that. So why am I even having Yeah, so I've noticed lots of supermarkets. Funnily enough, I think I did a post Sunday evening because over the weekend, I ended up in New Look with my daughter because we had to take something back that didn't fit her. And we had to pop into, we don't have a B&M near us. Mm. We actually have a Home Bargains, which is where, that's where I get things <gasps> like this. Ooh. That one is about 99 pence. Yeah. Um, but this, oh, this one is B and M. I just bought it the other day, actually. I've I had oh. to buy it because it says yeah. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but they're they're not that expensive, and the other ones that are really good are the desk. You can get ones that are, will go in a quite a low, quite a shallow drawer. My daughter's got them in her room in her desk, little small boxes, and oh my goodness, her desk is so wonderfully. <laughs> now with all her stationery her pens yeah. and yeah. her lip things and um yeah the supermarkets tesco's got a, if you ever get into a big tesco i spotted in a large tesco the other day a whole aisle dedicated to storage bo boxes yeah it's definitely a thing it's definitely a, a brilliant thing i have um i found we we in our flat in israel my office is orange and white it's done in my brand colors and um we had some drinking glasses when we first got them we had six you know six green ones and six orange ones we've now got two orange ones so I actually commandeered them for my office uh, and I stacked my pens in them because they're on the desk um, it's my marker pens that I use on my magic whiteboard and and they're there but they look nice as well because they're in an orange glass but they're not shoved in a drawer that I can't find the one I want and uh, yeah that's a great idea. And that's something, again, some people don't think about putting pens in a pot. So we've got, I often need to write a list in the kitchen when we write food lists, etc. So I've got pens in a in a mug, actually. Yeah. But here, in fact, I've got a mug in here that I use. It's got mummy on it. But I've also got this at the moment, yeah. which is supposed to be a pen pot. I think it's supposed to be for makeup and things. But um yeah, it's just, I think that's the other thing about thinking about your spaces as well as making it work for you, actually having nice things around you yeah. as well in your home, but also in your workspace yeah. is really important because it helps, it helps what I call that tidy mind and that happy mind feeling. Yeah, especially as we spend so much time in our workspace when we work from home. I mean, I work from home. We all of us on the call and most of the VAs that we are talking to, everybody that we know works from home, whether that's from their kitchen table or the dedicated space. So it makes sense to make that dedicated space, whether it is the kitchen table or an office, yeah. as nice as it can be, because we all like nice surroundings. Absolutely. And actually something, you know, if you're thinking, gosh, if I, you know, if I'm working on the dining room table or the kitchen table, because that's, you know, the only space that we've got in our home that works, um, the way the way you can make it that you have not, you know, and you think, oh, it's quite difficult for me to have mm. 
you know, a couple of trinkets and something nice around you. Actually, you can do that. You can do it by using something like this. So that every, you know, every day yeah. when you start your work, you can rather at the end of every day, you pack it away. But every morning you take it out and put it on your desk. What yeah. is your desk? And yeah, so it's just it's just thinking sometimes of ways to <sighs> help help make it simple and help make it easy as well. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. I remember when you were just um, morphing into the tidy company. You're, I love watching your posts on Instagram. You post some fabulous photos. There's one about your mug cupboard that uh, yes. I loved that one because I like mugs. And there was one of um, a sofa in the garden. You put a sofa in the garden. Was that you? Was you? Wasn't it? Yes, that's right. It was yeah. fabulous. That was a lovely sofa. That was um, that was lockdown fun. Last, you know, because it got quite hot quite yeah. early last summer. Yeah. And um, so I, I've realised I didn't really answer your question about how I've morphed from. Yes. I'm still actually doing VA work. So I, I a short while ago, I decided that I needed to be really clear with my own boundaries to help me and my clients, my still VA clients, that actually if I'm going to fit in work, you know, um, launching the tidy company and doing the work on that, I need to have time when I know I can focus on that but time when I can focus on my VA work so at the moment I do Tuesdays and Thursdays and my VA days that's fantastic um, and if I don't have enough work obviously on that days um then I do tidy stuff as well <laughs> um but essentially they're my VA days but the aim is to is to get to the point where perhaps I can I mean, as far as, at the moment, I feel that actually the name, the tidy company, because I've changed names as well. My my VA business was Horizon VA, um, kind of encompasses it all. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the aim is to get to being just the tidy company. I've lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Oh, the, about morphing bit, the, the morphing bit. The morphing bit. <laughs> so. And it really came because I'm, I'm now answering what I know you asked me at the beginning. Don't worry, it's fine. I have this burning desire to the tidying at home and the doing what I've, you know, what, what Joe and I were talking about, the getting rid of piles of, of clutter um, had such a, an impact on me that I started thinking, do you know what? This is, this is, this has, there's got to be something in this and believe it or not, don't laugh. But at that point, I still didn't really know anything about Marie Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> I heard people talking about her, but I didn't realise what it was about. And um and I mentioned it to a couple of friends. I said, I really love doing this. And they started, and that was, this was before lockdown. This was even before COVID. So this was probably about February last year. And it kept niggling away at me. And then I had a couple of business friends who said, do you know what? Go for it, do it and see what happens. What, you know, what have you got to lose? So I decided once COVID had happened, I decided to jump in with two feet and I opened a, I started a Facebook group. So I had no idea what else I was going to do, but I just decided to do, to open a Facebook group. And I started doing um, 15 minute tidies and I posted once a day with a um, instructions on how to do a 15 minute tidy and what to do. So makeup one day, um, sock drawer, cutlery drawer, hugs, <gasps> etc. And I did that for a whole month. Wow. And then I got to the end of the month and I thought, and I did that whilst homeschooling, husband away, COVID was here and I was still doing my VA business. I was a bit worn out by the end of the month because I, it, you both know how much yeah. effort goes into, there was a lot of instructions, if you like. Um, there were bullet points, but there was quite a lot of instructions on, I told people literally what to do, exactly what to do. So they couldn't say, I can't, I don't know what to do with that bit now. Where, yeah. where, where do I go with that? Why, yeah. what decision do I make about that? Yeah. And I, I kind of didn't know where it was going to go after that. And then I realised again through social media and listening to friends, actually tidying and decluttering was getting to be quite a big mm. thing and that people were wanting help with it. And that's really where I then started thinking, oh, perhaps actually I can help because I've learned stuff from doing it at home and, yeah, and I just the the positive impact that it does have when you're. I think my biggest message is that if you clear your space, you have a clear mind. Yes, it totally. Makes it. Totally, it's interesting because I've known a lady and her name. I just wanted to look her up 
which is why I kind of lost focus for a moment. Uh, but I can't remember her. I, I know her name begins with a J. Um, and there is actually a an organization that teach this. Um, it's a uh, there's a qualification. So I, you think. Took, I think it's called, is it APDO, Association of Professional Declutterers? Declutterers. It might yes. be. And it's, yeah. her name begins with a J and she's kind of, um, I, I've, I've met her and, and she talks about, about this a lot. And, and I, th I, th I think it's so true. I mean, what, look at those, um, those programs that used to be on, you know, the hoarders houses and that couple, um, the cleaner and the good housekeeping lady who would yeah. go in and sort the yeah. house out. And we're all fascinated by this and we all want that for ourselves to a certain extent. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. A tidy space is, helps you have a tidy mind. And then I think the tidy company works because you, you help your clients keep their businesses tidy. So it exactly, does work. Yes, yeah, yeah. So one of my clients in particular, it is organising, there is a little bit of organising her life. And yeah, so you're right. Yeah. It um, it does encompass both quite well, actually. Yeah, it does. Wow. Joe, have you got any this other questions? Well, this is revelation, yeah, I have to say. Um, I'm going to adjust my mindset. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I mean by that is that I'm kind of one of these people who decides I'm not going to do just the cupboard. I'm going to do it all, right? Yeah. And yeah. then this is where I end up with these piles because you never quite do all. But if you just do one shelf or yeah. one drawer, and you Absolutely. can do you could do one drawer in yeah. 15 minutes. And you yeah. know, over the course of a week, you could do a whole cupboard because you've done one drawer in 15 minutes a day. This is the new approach for me. It's the new the new Joe. We need before I, and after photos, Joe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, no, I don't. I'm, I'm not quite sure I'm that brave. <laughs> well, you, I know what I'm looking at, my lady. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't need to post them anywhere. What you could do, though, is you could do that. You could take Shelley's advice, and definitely I encourage everybody to do before and after photos. The reason I do it is because for you, for your own benefit, you will see what you've achieved. Um, now I like that idea. I like that idea. Now, what's what's the name of your Facebook group, Sarah? Because watching these videos that tell me how to do things, that sounds really good because you know I can think of a million things to do other than a declutter. <laughs> so, um my Facebook group, you might not be surprised to know, is called the Tidy Mind. Sorry, the Tidy Space equals Tidy Mind group. Tidy mind. Um, tidy, say that again. Sorry, I've got that. Tidy space bit. equals tidy mind. We'll put it on yeah. the web page. Is right. it is it a free group or is it a paid membership, Sarah? No, it's a free group. Um, so I'm only I'm only actually just getting to the point where I'm launching services. I've um, it's taken a while. You know, yeah. you know what this can be like. I think I've realised that because I threw myself in very early on to, to being on social media on Instagram and um, Facebook. Actually, it meant kind of meant I was spending quite a lot of time doing that and not necessarily figuring out where I was going with my services. Yeah. But what I've also realized is that, and you sometimes don't realize this till afterwards, like so many things in life, isn't it? That it's been really good to have that time and yeah. almost to have COVID happening as well, in a way, yeah. because it's given it's given me time to see what's out there see what's needed and come up with which i'm i'm still i'm i'm kind of finalizing i think now what 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 i'm going to be offering yeah um, i think and, i think i think i think that's absolutely right and i think sometimes starting with a facebook group is quite it's quite inspired really because what you get from that is a sense of what people are struggling with because you'll get all the feedback and all the questions and that can then help inform you as to what services people need because yeah, there's no point absolutely. offering them what you think if that's not what they need so no and it's again it's something you learn um massively as a self-employed i mean as you can both probably appreciate there's so much I learned, you know, clearly with my military background, I then was learning a whole load of civilian stuff when I yeah. came outside and massively so with learning to be, you know, learning to be a VA. I 
the lingo was very different. The language is different, whatever environment, yeah. environment you're in, I know. But it was different, again, to the military lingo that I was used to. But everything I've learned from being a VA um, is massively helping me now with this. Yeah. And that there's lots of things that I'm managing to do quicker or understand and get quicker um, because of that. So it served me really, really well. Yeah, and I, yeah. the reason I realised lots of that actually is because all the business friends that I've met through, through doing the tidy company rather than my VA business, a lot of them have no idea about lots of things I've already learned about. Yeah. Um, and it's great because I've been able to help them a bit as well. And yeah. they help me with brainstorming ideas and things like that. I think I think that's fantastic. But going back to the mindset bit, the mindset we, we've I think we've talked about it a little bit over the, yeah. the the course of the podcast. But it really is important, and and it applies to all walks of your home and business life. Um, no matter what it is that you want to change, mm. you it starts with your mindset. I've been doing a lot of work on my money mindset over the last few months um, because you know I'm running a business, but I want to help people, but I'm not actually reaping the benefits of helping people financially I'm just helping people a lot more than I ought to be um you know that doesn't say I shouldn't help people but you know there's all the freebies that we give away we all do it you know can I pick your brains can I talk to you what you're doing how you're doing it oh yeah how do I do that powerpoint slide master thingy me jig oh I'll just show you just take 10 minutes but that's 10 minutes that I could have been doing some money generating activity so it's it's so I've been uh, so so mindset really really is key um and the more the more I advance in my business the more I realize that it's it's really important for whatever you do definitely definitely and I'll tell you the other thing um about mindset we could probably talk about all these sort of things all day couldn't we but I think the other thing is realizing that it's a constant process that you are it's something you need to work on all the time yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting. I, I've mentioned it in, in the episode that we recorded this morning, which will have gone out last week when this one goes out. But I've and I've mentioned it in a previous episode. I've been listening to Denise Duffield Thomas. Um, she runs mm-hmm. the Money Boot Camp. Um, I saw her speak in London when she just started. It must have been about 2011, 2012. I went to a, a friend, dragged me along. To see. She's she's very inspirational uh, lady. She really knows her mind stuff. And her mantra is her, the first step on your money mindset journey is decluttering your life, um, which is really interesting. And it's decluttering your, for her, it's decluttering your money beliefs. So it's figuring out what your money beliefs are that are stopping you because we yeah. all have them. And and if you listen to, I, I chose to listen, I listened to it on my walk, but the book, um, Chillpreneur and also Get Rich Lucky Bitch, both of those books are, I think for a business owner, a female business owner in particular, required reading. Um, really inspirational and we have these beliefs around money um, and clutter could be a similar you know a way of protecting ourselves from seeing the space around you yeah. know to think you've got you know I, I can see analogies there um, and uh, yeah I think yeah I, I at the moment I'm not enjoying I, I'm not going to take my um, backdrop off because I'm in the spare bedroom in our house mm-hmm. and feeling very uncomfortable because I'm not in my very nice tidy office <laughs> with my proper lights and microphone and setup yeah. that I know exactly where everything is and here it's a bit of a mess because it's the spare room yeah and that's the thing you, I mean you've just said it there clutter is a huge distraction yeah. It, it really does take away your focus it takes away your clarity it it can actually cause you stress mm. um and as soon as you get rid of it it's it's like a weight has been lift off, lifted off you yeah yeah um, and it's the whole you know the starting small with just one drawer or just one pile <laughs> and seeing the impact you know in an area where it it has an immediate impact like your kitchen or like your welcome space, you know, your entrance hall when you walk into home or your workspace. Um, Start somewhere like that. And it's when you start somewhere where it has an immediate impact that then motivates you to keep going. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we could actually carry on chatting for ages. 
But yeah. I'm looking at the time here. And I know I've got another call in about three quarters of an hour, which I have to prepare for. So because uh, it's about some Excel training. So I think I better get my thinking cap on for that one. But Sarah, it's been fascinating. I'm so pleased we finally got to have you on the podcast. It's really been a pleasure. And I'm sure that our listeners are going to love the tips that they will have learned. And hearing about your journey and uh, that's a horrible word to use the word journey it grates on me but I can't think of a better one at the minute adventure that's a much better one. Oh yes I like that yes the adventure. adventure yeah but I think I think often I think what my takeaway from today is often we feel that we set out on a course of action whether that's a business or whatever it is and it, and that's what we have to do forever um, because we did that and and you know you're living proof that it doesn't have to be like that you can you can change your mind yeah you can change your mind absolutely and you know you never know what's around the corner which is exactly what I've learned I did not know when I became a nursery nurse that eight years later I'd be in the Royal Navy I did not know when I joined the Navy how long I'd stay, you know, I'd do 17 yeah. years. I did not know I'd end up being self-employed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, you're right, an adventure. I'm going to draw this adventure to a close. Yes. Thank you very much for coming. I Thank guess. you ever so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And we will pop all your contact details on the web page that goes with this episode. Fabulous. Welcome back, listeners. Joe and I were just about to launch into a whole post-mortem of our fantastic chat there with Sarah Broadbent. Uh, and then I said, hang on a minute, let's start recording. Then we can do it properly. So, yeah. Joe, what were you about to say? Well, the thing that really, really struck me is Sarah talked about mindset. Now, how many times over the course of the last 12 months that we've been running the podcast, have we talked to people about their expertise, their knowledge, their skill, and the word mindset has come up about how we approach different aspects of our business. Such a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big thing in all walks of life. It's not just mm-hmm. in our business life, in our in our home life. I know um, if if uh, if like me, you're trying to lose weight, mindset's a big thing in that as well. Because if you think it's if you think you can, you can, and if you think you can't, you can't. Yeah. Um, it's been brought home to me. Another book that I'm reading recently is the autobiography of a friend of ours who's a photographer, and his name's Charles Green, and uh, he used to be the photographer at Buckingham Palace for wow. all the state things uh, amazing and and you, he his, he wrote his autobiography um which which I got hold of um, just before we came just before we traveled and I, I read I've read over half of it in one sitting and I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it when I go back but um he talks very much about um he just didn't never entertain the thought that he couldn't do it yeah. Um, as far as his mind was concerned, if I think I can, you can. And he he's told countless other people along the way, you know, you should be doing that. And they said, well, no, 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 no. If you think you can, you can. And they did. Mm. Um, and I think and that's this whole thing also with the, the money mindset stuff I've been working on lately and uh, the decluttering mindset there or yeah. the networking mindset. It's what we think. We, we become what we think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really important point there that that our thoughts shape our actions. It's not our actions shaping our thoughts. Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And and you, you've only got to sort of see that when you are doing stuff for yourself. You know, sort of. Um, there's a, a lady I know called Ali who's a photographer. She works with sports and fitness professionals. Um, She does things like headshots and all those kinds of things. And this weekend, she's done the most incredible thing I've ever heard of, um, which is that she ran 100 miles, not not sort of, um, you know, run a couple of miles, have a rest. She ran 100 miles and it is um, an annual event. I don't know whether it happened last year, obviously, but... She ran from Winchester to, gosh, it's gone from my head. But anyway, she ran 100. It was more, she normally does ultra marathons. But this, and she set herself a goal that she would do this 100 miles in less than 24 hours. And she did 22 hours, 14 minutes. Wow. With no breaks. 
I, I mean, she may well have had a break to use facilities and those kinds of things, but essentially it is a run along this stretch of countryside and some of the pictures she she clearly stopped to take pictures um it, it, it's just like a cliff top path that she's run along the coast mm -hmm. and you know she took one picture and she sort of had put the flash on it because it was night time and, yeah. and i just thought that was extraordinary totally extraordinary well, that's what Sarah was saying just there yeah. about when she was in the Navy. You know, it's a mindset thing when you go out on these runs and during this training yeah. and you think you can't do it. But if you think you can do it, um, if you've got the right mindset, then then you can. So I, I, I think it's hugely important. It reminds me of that quote. And I can't attribute it because I can't remember who it was. But it, it goes, if you think you can't, you can't. Or something yeah, like that, was, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's um it's Napoleon Hill or George Ford. Um it's one of the one of yes. those. Um, yeah, that I think it's familiar. I think I think it's George Ford. I think it was the Ford Motorbill Company. I think that's what he said. If if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. And yeah. and it's true. Yes, obviously there are times when things get in the way or the circumstances aren't right. Um, but if you have your mindset right, you will find a way round over and through yeah. any obstacles that that come in your way. Um, you know, my online training, this is my third iteration of doing it, but I, I know I can do it and be yeah. successful at it. Yeah. And, you know, nothing, I will find a way to make yeah. it work. And, yeah. and I think that really is um, a really key thing. And when you start your business, you know, you, one of the things that you need is to get your mind in the right place. And one of the ways of doing that is by joining groups and having an accountability group, um, whether that's a networking group that you go to or whether it's something like the VA help desk, Amanda's group, where you've got a supportive, like-minded community around yeah. you. I'm part of a trainer community called Trainer Talk, and we all cheer each other on and we all help each other. And we have clinics where we talk about our business problems and masterminds and things like that. And that's a huge way of helping you get your mind in the right place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I'm um, part of a, a mastermind with um, a couple of VAs and um, another lady who um, she is an OBM and kind of morphing into a business coach as well. And um, yeah, the four of us, we get together once a fortnight and sometimes it's a it's a catch up about what's the problem and somebody will bring a problem to the table and we all chip in with an idea of I, I think I would do this or I and, yeah. and going out to the hive mind and, and somebody saying so how would it be if you thought differently or you looked at it in this way sometimes can clear that funk where you just can't get over that yeah. hurdle in your head and sometimes it does take somebody who is that accountability partner to say come on Joanne you know you can do this get out of your way yeah. and then it makes you suddenly oh yeah I've just been procrastinating or I've just been allowing the mind monkeys to impact yeah. that mindset yeah absolutely I like uh, Denise Duffield Thomas I heard it just yesterday um she said stop procrastinating branding um, I love that the idea is that instead of actually getting out there and getting your business going you're spending all your time tweaking your logo and working out what colors you want and thinking what your website should look like rather than focusing on getting your services right and going out there networking and getting clients you know your branding and your website and all of that is secondary um, yeah. to actually making money and it, she calls it procrastinate branding and I thought that was particularly good you can now I'm get, becoming a bit of a fan of hers um, yes she crops yes. up a lot I do apologize people but if you are listening and you're looking for an a, a business book that can change the way you do business I would recommend both of her books um get get rich lucky bitch and chillpreneur and and I had them first as audio books and I've actually gone out and bought the physical books so that I can sit down and read them with a highlighter uh and highlight the bits that speak to me as I go through yeah. 
Um, in fact, the Chillpreneur book is particularly good because when she gets to the end of a chapter, she does a chapter summary. And then she says, have a conversation with, an, with um, somebody else in your business or with an entrepreneurial friend and discuss how you would do whatever it is that she's been suggesting you do in that chapter. Uh, and that's, that's, that, that's really cool. And I used to do that. I used to work out. You remember we had Anna Archie on yes. the podcast uh, yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh, and Anna, Anna used to be my personal trainer when I lived here in London. She used to come to the house and uh, we, would, we would do our workout. And while we were working out, while she was making me work out rather, um, we would be talking about our respective businesses and the business models that we had and what do we do and we would help each other with those things and it was like a mini mastermind um i mean you know i was getting a workout physical <laughs> workout yeah. obviously i was paying for that yeah. but we were also helping each other with our businesses because we were friends so it was really yeah. really good really really yeah. good actually i must make a note to get in touch with her because now i have time to get together with her next week instead of being at the pa show exactly yes <laughs> so coffee in a bun Oh, I don't know about the bun, but definitely the coffee. <laughs> so I think we've waffled long enough, listeners. This has been a cracking episode. I'm just going to put a shout out here. We'd love to have some more guests. We are coming to the end of our list of people to interview, and we would really love to keep the podcast going. So if you do want the podcast to continue, please get in touch. Tell us who you'd like to hear from. I'm going to be putting an application form onto the Tomorrow's VA website in the next couple of weeks where you can go and apply to be a guest on the podcast and we will um you will fill in a form we will then schedule in perhaps a 10 minute chat just to check that we all are on the same page and then we will schedule in booking the whole thing and getting it getting it done so as i said we we want you we really want you listeners to come along and be some of the other people that the other vas listen to because as we've seen, we all have an interesting story to tell. And we love stories, don't we, Joe? We love stories. Yeah, we do love stories. Indeed, we do. Indeed, we do. So without any further ado, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to say thank you very much for listening. And we will see you next week. You have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.